podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another post-conference presser. It is a massive one this week. It is Derby Week, very oddly on a Monday night, but there we go, it is what it is. I'm your host, Dave Davis, and I'm broadcasting to you from a Baltic and windy Edinburgh. It is absolutely freezing here. With me, I'm very pleased to say, I've got the Swiss Army knife himself of Anfield Index, the man who does all the odd jobs that others can't. I've got Guy with me. Guy, how are we? I'm good. This used to be my gig. <laughs> me and Gags used to do this show, so you're bloody right about Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Indeed. Time. Times change, and I won't use the word upgrade, but there you go. So, yeah, pleasure to get Guy on and to run through so many things. So, we've got the normal Klopp's presser. We've got we've got to revisit Walls to look at any clues from that to take into this one. We've got to talk about Everton's threats, because believe it or not, they do have some. We'll talk about formation and lineup because there was a lot of team news that came out. Quite a few <laughs> people coming back, people going out. We'll have to chat through. And then Guy will run the beat the host gauntlet, where, as it stands, I am annoyingly 2-1 down, unfortunately. So, fingers crossed, we can pull some points back there. So, Guy, let's get right into it. AM, an interesting presser. And it was mentioned there is an embargo, people. So, half 10 on Sunday, actually, with it being a, a Monday evening kickoff. So, half 10 on Sunday night for the embargo lifting. The first question... Short and sharp, short, sharp, snappy guy was asked about the Man City charges and Jurgen Klopp quite simply said he had nothing to say. He didn't mention any lawyers like last time. He had nothing to say at all. Privately, though, with everything that's happened, it being retrospective, the 100 charges, etc., etc., how do you think he does see it behind closed doors? Oh, he, he definitely... It's weird because it's always been a rivalry that between managers at least seem friendly with Pep and stuff like that. But yeah, and in terms of club to club, it's like it almost feels like we've had our glory period stolen because it would have been what two more Premier Leagues, three yeah. more Premier Leagues, not yeah. two, but 17, 18, um, where Klopp would have been seen as the best manager in the world, probably, if it wasn't for Pep. Obviously, Pep might have been doing this at another club, but uh, it's just, it almost, I'm guessing he will feel robbed. Because, but I think the sad thing is everyone knew it. Every, everyone knew this was happening anyway. We obviously yeah. have more on this channel, and he 
had his suspicions, which is more than suspicions. He just knew because uh, the accounts obviously didn't add up. And the fact that it's taken four years and then it comes out with 100 charges, I mean, yeah, it's just so disappointing because it, it could have been our glory period or modern-day glory period, I should say. It, I'm guessing Klopp is just defeated, maybe? It could have been something unseen. Apart yeah. from maybe three years of, of Fergie, from like 2007 to 9, yeah. or 2006 to 9, um, even like the triple, it just not, we've not seen a level of that sustained. Even Man City themselves with the financial doping. I think yeah, they've done, have they done two in, have they done two in a row? I mean, they've ever done three in a row, or is this? Yeah, like, I, think it, I think it is two in a row, isn't it? Not yeah. done three yet. So I think it's only Fergie's done three in a row. And we obviously, if we were back to back Premier League champions, it might have been slightly different or whatever. But it's just very, it's very odd. And the whole landscape of our club could have been different. Obviously, we, every every podcast we do, we have to mention the ownership debate. That probably wouldn't be a debate if we had won these Premier Leagues and other cup comp- other cup competitions and stuff like that. So it, it changes the entire landscape for every club in the Premier League, not just Liverpool. But I'm sure Klopp is absolutely devastated, but no one's surprised by it. Yeah, indeed. And we, we know what he's like. He's a forward thinker, isn't he? So we'll be looking to to move on and probably won't want to revisit it in any way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll put that one to bed. But it's the derby. It's a massive game. It's not a normal game at all, as we know. So he was asked about it. And funnily enough, he did say, yeah, it's not a normal game. He was asked about the previous performance Famous words, guy, we have to show a reaction mm-hmm. and our people want to see it. We talked about how we have to fight to change the situation. And so I almost tried to pull on the heartstrings, I'd say, and show our club is special. I'm trying not to be a massive cynic and I'm trying to be really hopeful with this. I've got to be honest. We've heard it before, but do you honestly think we'll get a reaction for the derby? I mean, it can't be worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm fortunate to miss the Wolves game. I've seen the goals, but by the sounds of it, there was just nothing to show at all. So it, it literally can't be worse. And if, well, unless we lose 5 0 or something to Everton, which might just everyone turn off the TVs in unison. Um, there has to be a reaction. And by the sounds of it, obviously having uh, later in the press conference he mentioned taking a couple of days off, everyone's mentioned it. It must be something physical, must be something mental. Maybe having a couple of days off, having Saturday to Monday gives them a chance to do rest and preparation for the next game. Yeah. It might just help. Um, but it, it's odd. Obviously, we'll get on all the other questions about certain players coming back in, certain players who've been missing recently, but... Yeah, it's it's just we need some sort of spark and maybe it's a returning player from injury. Maybe it's just someone finding form at a right time. And we've we've seen that in the past. Usually it was Origi who found that spark and we don't have yeah. it anymore. Uh, but maybe we find a new Origi. Um, maybe it could be Cody Gakpo, um, seeing as he's not done much so far. But no, I, you have to have a spark. And I think it's... These big games, it maybe just depends how we view Everton because in seasons past, Klopp's trip the derby is a bit odd. Like, do you remember the early seasons when he just randomly played Solanke against Everton and stuff like that? I was like, oh, 
Okay. Yeah. See, see what you think of Everton. But it, we obviously can't do that this time because, well, we don't have the options and there's a million injuries. But we've seen it this season. The Man City game stepped up. Um, the second half of the Champions League um, group stage, we stepped up. Yeah. So if, if we view Everton as a big game, you got to hope we step up. But these like the like Brentford to, to Wolves, um, and the cup games, even though we won one of them, uh, just been so bad. <laughs> just been so bad. Like, can we get ourselves out of this funk? Yeah. It's uh, the game to do it, I suppose, but I wouldn't say I was confident of it happening, but it can't be worse than Wolves, surely. Listen, it can be worse because you can lose a derby and you can lose it. If you lose it in that style, then it is worse. Yeah. But I, I, I get the sentiment. I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's okay for fans to demand a reaction. Now, the players are going to expect with it being a derby that the fans will be up for it. Understandably, you know, no doubt they'll play their part, but it's okay to demand that reaction, especially with what's been served up to us recently. I absolutely agree. But like you said, it's, it's an interesting one because he's mentioning times gone past. I even think of that 5 2. Remember when we won and it was Shakiri and Divock mm. starting, you were like, what the heck's going on with mm. that lineup? And then first half, we, we took them apart. Now, I'm under no illusions anything like that is going to happen on Monday night. But it's okay to demand fight, legs, a performance, you know, that they leave it all out on the pitch. I think that is definitely fair to say. So time will tell on that one. And it's an interesting one. It's almost like we get a player a week now reference. We had Fabinho was the focus last week. And this week, guy, Hendo comes to the fore. So... A couple of questions, a couple of different journalists all around Hendo. So there's mentions around not started the last four games. Then one journal specifically wanted to drive the point home about he's played 91 games since the start of last season. That got mentioned and repeated a few times. You know, is that the reason for his performances? Maybe there's an excuse, possibly. I don't know. So Klopp was quite honest in this, saying Hendo's not our problem. He never was. He never will be. Almost... I'll use that word, snapped a little bit, my word, around the question and saying, and I do get this, when he's asked about an individual player, that becomes the headline, so he doesn't like it. And I'll defend him on that a bit, because it does tend to be, doesn't it? That'll be the bit that's clipped, you see on Twitter, that type of thing. I mean, with Hendo, and you can be completely honest on this, because I, I might be wrong, but I've got a feeling you're not always his biggest fan. I know I'm leading you into this a little bit, but how have you seen his season so far? Um, I think this season so far, he's been dreadful. <laughs> um, but in terms of his overall play, I've always appreciated Henderson for what he is. But in the last two, se- well, maybe since the centre-back season, I think he's been on a steady decline. But yeah. I think this season... The, the anchor has been tied to his foot. <laughs> and then it's, yeah. then it's been the decline. And he's not the only one. Obviously, Fabinho, you mentioned last week, was, yeah. the, was the focus. His has been much quicker um, than Henderson's. And, and I think that's fair to say. Whereas Henderson, progressively worse, big drop-off. Fabinho just jumps in a... Ju- literally just jumps in a hole. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's a bit of a strange one because I think all, it's always been... One of his main strengths was Henderson's physicality. He he was the one who could do the press for all all game, 90 minutes, could press his legs off. And his legs allowed him to cover Trent, allowed him to get forward at times. 
Now we can't do that. Yeah. He's ne- and I say he's not the most intelligent player. This is like a lad on a podcast talking about Premier League football, but it's never his positional play has never been his strength. On balls never really been his strength. Like he has capabilities, obviously, Premier League footballer. But he's, yeah. he's a good he's a good passer at times. But he's not one who's gonna. He's not going to make Thiago esque passes, is he? He's not. He's not that type of player. So I think a player who's relied on his physicality to play what was it ninety one games in two seasons yeah. did that journalist say. That's going to take its toll. And then that centre-back season, he was obviously playing centre-back and he's not a centre-back. Then he got injured. And then ever since that injury, it's just, I think the legs have just been going and going and going. And yeah, obviously um, people, when we talk about Henderson and he, him and Naby Keita are clearly the most two divisive players in Liverpool fandom. No doubt. Uh, yeah, but it's um, it's always the... Um, intangibles that people mention with Henderson and the next journalist was on about it with a lack of leadership in the team. Does that why Henderson should come back in? And it's like, there's a reason he's not playing. It's because he wasn't True. playing well. Like, we've always bigged up this team as having a team full of leaders. I mean, Naby Keita, who is obviously the direct replacement, he's captain of Guinea. Like, maybe he doesn't, he obviously won't have the same stature or authority as John Henderson in the Liverpool dressing room. But yeah. if we give him the platform to do it, obviously he might be off in the summer, but if we give him the platform to do it, maybe that'll shine through. He's captain of Guinea for a reason, not probably not just because he's the best player. Um, we're obviously missing Van Dyke. He's a captain. Um, Robbo's a captain. So we've got loads of captains or lead. I don't know why I'm doing air quotes on the podcast every time. <laughs> um, we have plenty of leaders or captains in the team, so it yeah. shouldn't really be that an issue. It's just about the quality of play. That's why Henderson's not playing. It's the reason why Fabinho's not playing. Obviously, one of them will have to play unless he fancies throwing Arthur back in or James Milner. But um, one of them will have to come back in with the injury news we got later in the podcast, uh, in the um, press conference. So... We'll obviously probably discuss which one we think should start. Yeah. It's the only reason Henderson's not playing is because he's not playing well. Like, if he was, uh, if he was even like 70% close to his max or to his, or to his previous usual level, he'd be playing, but he's not. He's like 30%. So it's, yeah. it's, it's just, un- it's an unacceptable level. That's why he's not playing. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And maybe being, again, being hopeful, this is a game for a bit of, not redemption, that's probably too strong, but to, to correct it. But I agree with what you said there. It has been. It's that it's that phrase, the gradual decline. You know, he's getting older, little bit drops every season, bit by bit. And it almost maybe to be expected as well, just to the sheer oh, game. Yeah. So we said that he's been played. And like you said, Fabinho is a different scenario. As much as people try and link them, Fabinho has fallen off a cliff compared to a gradual decline. They're completely different things in all honesty. But yeah, it, there's a reason... As well as he's done we badge, there's a reason why an 18-year-old kid with less than 20 games has been a, become a regular starter for Liverpool Absolutely. ahead of a, you know the captain, England international, and it's form. Yeah, so as much as people look for other things, and it was just interesting the way they led it about the games, the fatigue. It's like, yeah, he's not the problem. He never was. The problem probably is that there's quite a lot of players that are just playing crap at the moment, however yeah. you, you level it up. So, yeah, it was an interesting one the way it was approached, but we'll see, as we're saying, we'll talk about later if we think he comes back in. Probably the 
I'll use my word, the juiciest bit. I've, I've just got a feeling this might come out in the embargo as well, Guy, was the talk about the the time off, the few days, that discussion. Mm. So he was asked about it and he actually said it was, the journalist did ask about it in a, a nice way. So yeah, gave them two days off. Talked about how they can't train, you know, every day. And, you know, we'd had a, a big chat and when we spoke about it, we agreed it was the right thing to do. Also, it's maybe a, a same juicy for me. When we spoke about everything, as he referenced, it was helpful that we didn't see each other for two days. I thought that was quite a stark comment. So I suppose with that, you can always be reading too much into something. You can be looking at things that aren't there. But I've just got a feeling, this is my gut, that this could be part of the embargo as well. Do you think they have had a come to Jesus, a summit, whatever you want to call it, had it all out? Do you think that's happened in some way? I hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe you're just threatening to jaw people after the game. <laughs> just yeah. to, right, lads, you do the analytic stuff. I'm going home or I'll will jaw someone. <laughs> um, no, I, even if it's not part of the embargo section, I'm away from each other. Must just be for just must be a sense of relief at the minute. Like, yeah, I'm sure Matip and Joe Gomez just don't like seeing each other at the minute. I'm God, sure the yeah. opposition strikers like seeing them. <laughs> um, but no, I think, <laughs> excuse me, um, what has been such a tight knit unit for four, five years, six years now, um. Well, it's one part of the issue because it's been together too long. Um, but at the same time, this has been the first, even the even the even the centre back season. Everyone knew as soon as we had a centre back back, we'd be all right because we were still playing relatively okay. There was just a big hole in our team. Whereas this is the first time you look and it's just all screwed up at one time. True. Like it's this is something completely new for the football club under Klopp. Um, and maybe time away is just important because seeing too much of each other, even if it's when you're with a friend or um, a girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, you, you need your own space. Like, just have a few days off with your kids at home or whatever. Yeah. And it, it just, it'll just, I don't know, refresh the mind, quiet the mind. Just maybe a bit of support, even if you have. I'm sure some lads and I. We've obviously been a big um, proponent of mental health at the club. As I can't remember the doctor's name, but that was mentioned a few years ago, wasn't it? So just yeah. having a mental health break from each other because it must be stressful. I know they get paid a bazillion pound. And that's what. That's never an excuse to talk about mental health, but just having a bit of time with your family, even if it is a couple of days, because they'll never get a weekend off, do they? Um, but they are humans after all. Get a couple of days off. Um, rest the legs, rest the mind, and then come back. And obviously, we've mentioned some of the players have been dropped and they've not had an extended rest because they've obviously been training and stuff like that. But the Hendersons yeah. and Fabinho's who've been dropped for four odd games or whatever it is, maybe they are a bit rested because they haven't got, um, well, I was going to say like 11 kilometers. We don't do 11 kilometers, but five kilometers in running yeah. anymore. Um, but just having that not in the system, obviously, it'll do running and training, but. Maybe it's just what they need is a rest and then whatever um five five days training or whatever um prep they're gonna do for the game, it may just become ah, a couple of days away, a bit more jovial to see you and it might be a bit more jovial 
um, around the uh, training ground. So it, it could only be a good thing. Maybe they need more days off. <laughs> just have a full week off and then just turn up whatever, um, for, for, for Monday. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to say. I mean... I'm kind of conflicted with it because I, I totally get what you're saying about like a, a reset, a break, just helping, fresh mindset potentially, all that. I also then think back to after Walsway said, you know, he was asked questions Jurgen Klopp and he said, I, you know, I don't have the answers that I don't know what to say. It's me paraphrasing there a bit. Mm-hmm. So then I think, yeah, me, sometimes you've got nothing to say, just get a break from each other. I totally get that. Almost... Like we mentioned, as I opened the question there about, you know, have they, have they had it out, so to speak? I always think of that Rafa quote from Kara's autobiography when he talks about, you know, giving permission to the Argentinian players to start fights in the Valencia changing room, you know, if they, they didn't show up. <laughs> there is a part of me that would love to think after Wolves, they did tear into each other, to be honest. You know, they got on each other's back. And you know, like you said, if, if this were... We're flown saying, oh, don't advocate that. Maybe it's needed. Do you know what I mean? Like, so something needs to happen, whatever causes a reaction, so to speak. So I am sort of conflicted on that, but might be wrong, as I said. I've just got a feeling something might come out in the embargo or be asked about, you know, what, what was said, what was discussed, but we'll see on that. Um, a lively presser, but listen, it's ahead of the Derby guy. So if it's, if it's not lively, something's going wrong, to be honest. So... We'll turn back the clock, and God, this is going to make me sad to do this, but we'll talk about the Wolves game. So a 3-0 defeat, and probably the game's gone, to be honest, after sort of 15 minutes as Joel Matip gets a one assist and Joe, Go- Joe Gomez gets the other. You know, mm. just hard to know what else to say. There's little attack of no. I know people are going to mention that Salah kills one wide, and... Darwin blasts it straight at the keeper on a one-on-one, but it, it's late on. Yes, that they are chances, but they're not exactly guilt-edged or we're not right in the game at any time. And then just to put the icing on the cake, Wolves, who can't seem to score for Toppy against the other team, Ruben Neves waltzes through, literally, on the break to make it 3-0. I mean, I've got to be honest, the thoughts on that performance, it's probably easier to say who you'd keep in the team than who you drop, which I know we're going to talk about. I think the centre-backs, I'm going to use the word hopeless. I know you mentioned they don't, don't seem to like each other. I don't know. I don't seem to like each other. Just do the basics, for God's sake. We just yeah. weren't there at times. It really wasn't. The, the whole thing seemed disjointed. I know we talked about the same midfield again, so that that would be a benefit. But the, there were gaps. It just didn't. Badger, I won't want to criticise Badger, let me be clear on that, but it just seemed disjointed. I mentioned last week Salah as well. The, say the least of our problems, yeah, he's not the worst, and obviously we're all behind Mo Salah. We'd love him to sort of take it all on his back again, but it's got to be discussed that he's not getting many chances, he's missing them where he is, so it's a problem in that sense, not that he is the ultimate problem, similar to the way Klopp mentioned about Hendo, but there's just so many things you could talk about that went wrong. It'd be, it'd be easier just to talk about any positives. But if we're looking ahead to, to this game, Guy, and we're going to talk about anyone played their way in or way out, so to speak. I mean, injury news, we know Virgil's not coming back for this game. So if we talk about the back line, 
my Matic and Gomez were absolutely hopeless. And this is maybe unthinkable if we'd asked it, you know, at the start of the season. Is Nat Phillips in serious contention for you for coming in just because of the way the others are playing? Is that a serious option for you, would you say, right now? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Definitely is. <laughs> Again, I never thought I'd say that. Um what is that what has happened to us? Um I think there's two options, isn't there? I think Nat Phillips is the easy one. Could we drop Fabinho yeah. back there? I mean, we've mentioned leadership and stuff like that. Yeah. Matip's only seemingly worked off the top of my head with Van Dyke or with Fabinho at centre-back. So I'm, I'm not, I've heard people, when it was the COVID season, were surprised how vocal Fabinho is. So maybe he's the leadership. Obviously, that was a point of the um, the press conference bit, but maybe Fabinho goes back there and beats the vocal one because Joe doesn't um, stand out as the vocal line leading centre-back to me anyway. It might be different to people who go to the game. Yeah. Uh, neither does Matip to me, and it seems like it's Robertson's um, responsibility to hold the line when it's not Van Dijk. So maybe Fabinho can drop back there. Obviously, he's been dreadful, as we mentioned before, but just having someone who's vocal, someone who can lead um, and put him back there. And then, obviously, the midfield debate will come on in a sec with Thiago not being available. Um, but, yeah, Nat, Nat Phillips is definitely an option. And I don't think he helps with the leadership and stuff like that. But he's not going to be basically a wimp. <laughs> That was yeah. from the two centre backs yeah. against against um, against Wolves. But which one do you drop? Because uh, if it wasn't for the midfield, Matip would be the focus of all our discussions because he has been awful this season. Yeah, it, maybe Joe Gomez gets it because it's been quite a longer drop off, and obviously the, the, you can excuse that a bit more with the injuries. But I think Joe Gomez, when he's played with either Ibu or Van Dijk has been better than Matip. I think Matip's been awful all season. So I'd play... I'd have, I'd, I think Fabinho dropping back is less likely because I think that option's gone um, since Klopp realised playing midfield is in midfield. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Nat and Gomez, it's, 
It's not great, but I think it's better than Ma- what this this version of Matip, isn't it? I, it's oh god, it's such an awful. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's an awful discussion, but I think he'll stick with the two experienced lads. But it's got to the stage with Matip this season. I I'd rather just play Nat. He's good at no, he's not good at two. He's really good at. For relatively, but for a Liverpool system, he obviously can't play the high line, which we've been yeah. dropping back every game. But he can head the ball and he can tackle. Basic stuff, or relatively basic stuff, I should say. But Gomez and Matip can't do either of them. Yeah. Who cares about holding a line when they can't tackle and can't header a ball? Like, get the basics right. Go, uh, Nat can do that. Gomez has been slightly less worse. I was going to say slightly better, slightly less worse than Matip in my yeah. eyes. So I'd pick them two. Um, and then obviously we'll talk about Everton, but we know how they'll play under Sean Dyche. It's going to be an aerial bombardment of set pieces and Calvert-Lewin's obviously a unit. So I, I don't think they'll run away from us. And obviously, even if they do, Gomez should be faster than anyone who will break lines from from the Everton side, so it shouldn't be the biggest issue. But Nat's physical power should be important against someone like Calvert-Lewin, or especially from set pieces, seeing as they have about six, eight-foot-tall lads. Yeah. So, Nat's, God's sake, Nat Phillips has got to play for me, Dave. <laughs> wow, quote, quote of the podcast. But yeah. do, do you know what, like you say... Start of the season, we'd almost mock that, but I'd I, I, I double down on that. I think it's a, a mandatory. If you're gonna, if you're gonna drop Fabinho and Henderson for their recent form, you know it's going to be a meritocracy. There's been all the talk over loyalty, etc. It's got to be the same. They, those two cannot serve up performances like that and be no consequences. Yeah, if, if there was absolutely zero L centre backs, I get that. But even if you say Fabinho did come in, and you know. I think fans would accept that because of what's happening. I mean, the one thing I thought specifically was Joe Gomez has always had an aerial weakness, you know, mm-hmm. when it, like say the injuries have come and he seems to almost, similar to Hendo to use that phase, gradually fading. It's, it's so such a shame almost what he's become. But Matip, I thought especially, I thought he looked like he wanted off in the Brighton game and he wanted yeah. off in Wolves, almost hiding at times, which you've a centre-back, like you said, the basics, Kick it, block, tackle, head. He just isn't doing them. And Nat Phillips, this sounds terrible to say, is probably, you know, in at the top level, a limited footballer, but he does the mm-hmm. basics well. He does the basics well. And maybe just I'm struggling to make a case to not include him. So I think that says it all for the defence, mm-hmm. really. As, as, long as, we, as long as we don't plonk him on the halfway line, yeah. it's fine. It, it, we're not going to see a difference with how bad them two have been, so it can't hurt. Unless he bangs in a hat-trick of own goals, it'd still not be as bad as last weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I won't be surprised if he, you know, he's saying to the manager, like, hey, look at look at me, look at the others. Exactly that. So, yeah, I think we're, we're in unison on that one. Midfield-wise, now it's, it's obviously been a recurring midfield recently, hasn't it? The Thiago, Weebarge and Nabi. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, as you said, Nabi polarises each week, so you're never going to look through your... T- whatever the score, you net or the performance, you're never going to look through your Twitter and not say pro cater against cater, whatever. Thiago, say, hip injury, struggling all week, not trained, so it's looking very unlikely. 
Mm, I think that'll Mate. be in the embargo section as well. Because he said, yeah. Could I, can I talk about that, didn't he? So that might be worse than first thought. Yeah, which should probably be standard for Liverpool season. Oh, that could God well I. be, you know, him out for the campaign, knowing the way it works. But we'll see on that one. I suppose there's got to be at least one midfield change there. How do you see it? Um, Me, personally, I'd bring Fabinho back in. I've, God, it's like, just, what's worse, um, horse crap or cow crap? Pick your poison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pick, pick your, your poison. poison. It's like, uh, I mean, could just see how fit Arthur actually is. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd bring Fabinho in and I'd move Bassetic to the left. Um, okay. And my main reason for that is we know what Henderson is. Like, I don't think Henderson going... Because it's all about next season, though, unless we win the Champions League, which is a big if. Um, we go into the cha- we go into next season. I should say we can't rely on Henderson as a starter at the minute. We can't rely on either of them as squad options, really, because every time we sub one of them on, we go to an ac- unacceptable level of performance. So yeah. I think we have to use the rest of this season to see if Fabinho really is finished, because. Henderson won't get sold because he's club captain and stuff like that, unless maybe Sunderland get promoted. Um, but Fabinho, there's still a market for him there. Yeah. Um, but I think we have to give this... Because let's be honest, people always overlook this and it annoys me. Fabinho is our most important midfield signing. Like I know people big up Ginny leaving and stuff like that, but people remember the midfield getting completely outclassed in Champions League games before Fabinho arrived. He took the midfield yeah. to a new level. And people overlook that. So it really annoys me when I see that, just bin him off. But we have to use the rest of this season to see if these lads are redeemable. And for, to be fair to Fabinho, he hasn't played in this new compact midfield thing that right. we're doing um, just just yet. And I'm sure you saw the um, John Aldridge thing <laughs> saying that Henderson has to come back in for defensive and then there was a one of them stat hexagon things and it was just Naby Keita was better at everything yeah. than Henderson. So if we play Fabinho Basatich, who we know is defensively reliable as well, and Naby Keita, who's much more defensively reliable than anyone who's played there this season, that compactness might help Fabinho and that might be a way to get him back to his best. And we, we, we obviously go on to the threats of Everton in the men, but... What we saw from Sean Dyche, I only saw the highlights because I was away, but uh, Amadou Onana monstered the game by all accounts. Adrissigana yeah. Gay is powerful. Um, Dekoura is obviously known um, for that side of his game as well. So it's just having the physicality of Fabinho. Well, Fabinho, there's two versions of Fabinho. This version of Fabinho and the Fabinho we all love and yeah. love. So if we can get the one we love, we can match that physicality, maybe not the pace and stuff like that, but just having defensive responsibility around him, whereas having Elliot or Henderson there, it'll just help. And then if you tell Trent not to just wander out of his actual position as well, that would probably help. So if we have this compact system, that might help Fabinho and that might be a way forward to making him useful again. Whereas with Henderson, we mentioned it's long-term and... I know he struggled as an eight this season, but when we've seen him as a six, it's I think it's been worse than Fabinho, to be honest. Like, he just seems to lose people at will. Whereas I think with Fabinho, he sees them, but he just can't really do it because there's too much space to see. Whereas I don't think Henderson sees the issue. Um, so I, I'd i pick Fabinho, move Basetic, and the, the only question for me is if Naby's okay, because I think 
Thiago's injuries come from overplaying him. And we know the situation with Naby as well. We can overplay him. And we mentioned the Real Madrid game. Redemption for Naby Cater in Real Madrid game. Because <laughs> uh, we need Naby for that. Because if we play Real Madrid with Fabinho, Henderson and an 18-year-old, mm. I'm going to be worried. I don't care how bad Real Madrid are this season. We've been worse. So we need Naby Cater of all people, to be fit for that game. So maybe we play him in this one and then rest him. I'm not sure who we have next weekend, but we can rest him for that one, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of things. And it sounds terrible. It all just comes down to that phrase at the moment, the way everything is. Pick your poison. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about our predicted formations and lineups later on. And as Kai mentioned, the Everton threat. So, they got the Sean Dyche bounce. They beat Arsenal 1 0, didn't they? That set piece goal. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, it's almost, they'll be all, you know what Monday like, night will be like. They'll be at the hot walk, enjoying uh, the food, a few beers, etc. They'll be right up for it. Probably harping back to their old dogs of war talk. And like you mentioned, Adrissa Garner Gay, Onana, Decore, that type of thing. I'm sure they'll pretty much have that game plan, if I'm being honest. Now, in the presser guy, Klopp said they're compact, they're counter-attacking, and they focus on set pieces. In a nutshell, do you think, is that their game plan, essentially? Is that what they're coming to Anfield with Monday night, do you reckon? I think he was just listing off stuff that'll beat us. Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. yeah. It's like, it is, I think it is the worst type of team we can play because, as I mentioned, Lexford is a midfield. Um, I think it's just, I almost jinxed us into Calvert-Lewin goal there, but he's not having the best season. Um, yeah. uh, whereas you see the wide men, um, Iwobi's probably been their best player, but he got moved on to, I think he got moved on to the left wing, didn't he? Yeah. And McNeil on the right. Um, which takes out one of the other threats in Damari Gray, but we we, we kind of alluded there, counter-attacking has been our, well, it's been our poison even when we were good. If you beat the press, that's how you beat us, whereas now you can just kind of run at us as well. So maybe bringing someone like Damari Gray might add in another threat, but I think the midfield's the key, and then set pieces is the obvious one because Tarkovsky's massive. Um, yeah, the Giants. Yeah, it's Cody's. Well, Cody almost scored against us last last yeah. time out, didn't he? Um, but he's not really known for his goal for it. But they're just so big. <laughs> I think set pieces is, is the main one. Whereas in open play, obviously it depends if we turn up because, like, I think a, a school team could probably beat us if we play like we did in, in recent games. But if we turn up, I think set pieces will be their main weapon and. The only issue with us, if we pick the team that we kind of alluded to, Gomez is not good in the air. Basetic and Naby's a small midfield. Um, Obviously, adding that in is good, but it's probably probably, um, swappable with Matip in terms of being good in the air. Although Natal will die for three points, (laughs) whereas I don't think Matip will at the minute. So us having a relatively small team, we'll just have to limit set pieces. But even if, I mean, is Henderson going to be able to mark like Onana? Even if we brought in yeah. Henderson, I don't think so. So I might as well play the better player or more informed player if you want to be polite about it. Um, yeah, I'd set pieces might keep me up all night. <laughs> um, but it just, I think ultimately, if we turn up, 
we should be better than Everton. But that, that's been the big question, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. For all the any special measures we talk about, we haven't. You're right. We just haven't turned up in recent weeks, which kind of defeats the whole principle. But yeah, I'd agree with that. Set pieces is the one to be worried about. They might be like say cage again because they'll probably focus on keeping it tight at the same time, like Klopp said. So yeah, set piece nightmares. Here we come. But moving on to sort of formation and lineup now. It's an interesting one because this was a big focus of the presser that who's coming back, who's out. So fortunately, as was mentioned, Thiago has a hip injury, mentioned with the flexor there. So struggling, not been in training. On the positive side, Guy, it sounds like Diogo Jota is closest, as Jurgen Klopp said. And by the time it comes around, he'll have had five full days worth of training. He mentioned that Bobby and Arthur are about the same. So... Sounds like they're going to be tight for the squad, possibly, even though, you know, they're back in train and have to see how they react to it, as he mentioned. Did say, unfortunately, <laughs> would be absolutely crucial, but it's come too soon for Virgil, in all honesty. Now, going to ask it yeah, in two different ways, guys. So I'm going to ask you, to be honest, about sort of the formation, the lineup, the personnel you think Jurgen Klopp will pick. But you've given us a key that you think it's, Fab coming back in with we Badge and Cater. But first of all, how do you think the boss will set them up and pick them on Monday? Um, I think he may stick with the same back line. Wow. Um, and I think he may bring Henderson back in instead of Fabinho and then keep Basetic as the, the six, um, which would disappoint me. But I can't, well, I. I wouldn't understand it, but at the same time, I wouldn't really care. <laughs> um, and up front, it'll be more playing as the assistant ref as usual. Um, yeah. And then who the hell knows? <laughs> Gakpo is this false whatever the hell he's doing, and Darwin will miss some chances. That's basically how it'll be, I think. Because... Yeah. Fabinho missed through illness, didn't he? The yeah, Wolves game. That's what they said. Yeah, and and Henderson's obviously been getting twenty to thirty minutes every game, so I think it's more likely he he comes back in. And we've we've only played that in the league once. Was it Palace? And that was with Van Dijk, and he wasn't very yeah. good. But we did plonk him on the halfway line, and we're not doing that anymore. I mean, what, what what do you reckon? What do you reckon he'll do? <laughs> I have a fear, a little like you, and you know, I was pretty strong on it earlier. You've got to drop one of at least Gomez and Matip for me. You've got to send that signal like you did with Fabinho and Hendo, you know, the reaction, what is acceptable, what's not acceptable. But I've just got this fear, knowing that sometimes that well, it's almost impossible to predict at the moment anyway, but I've just got this fear. They are going to both start. And like you mentioned about his importance, oh, oh almost the way the press was rallying for him a little bit in the presser, I do get the feeling Hendo comes back into the side. Now, in Hendo's defence, he usually has a good record, doesn't he, in the derby? It's one game he usually performs historically, good for a you know a goal, assist, that type of thing. So yeah. I, w- I want to give him that, to, you know, in the interest of fairness. But, if, yeah, it, it wouldn't be what I do. But I was kind of hoping you weren't going to say it, but you've got the same sneaker <laughs> as me that I think, it is going to be Gomez, Matip, and Hendo is going to come back in. That that is my what would, what would you do? What would you do with the midfield? 
midfield, this I'd, I'd, I'd kind of be a bit brutal. I think Nat's got to come back in now. Again, it's pick your poison because Matip's been terrible, but he's good in the air. Gomez is fast, but he's been abysmal in the air, you know, and that's a weakness Everton will mm-hmm. target. So it's, you know, the lesser of two evils for many people, isn't it? But I think Nat's got to be one there when you drop. Midfield, you can't drop Wee Badge. It'd be wrong to. He's the only one that shows fight. You've got to, to do it. This I'm going to go against you guys. No, you had Fab going in. You do that, and and I can understand it. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but just based on a little bit of history, probably, and nothing more than nature of what it is, I would bring Hendo back. But I'm not saying that as though yes, it's going to bring it back and solve our issues. Mm-hmm. I really don't see it that way. But even lads, again, pick your poison with Fab back. It's surely someone's got to have a reaction at some point, surely. And, you know, if you ask me what I would do, I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't play four, four, three, well, three. Yeah, that's I'd, true. <laughs> I'd go, you know, I'd, I'd go to a, a four, four, two to start with and I'd give protection to those two midfielders. You know, I think four, three, three isn't a formation that goes with being compact because of the nature of having to shuffle over the legs that are needed for that. So I would go four, four, two. I'd put Salah and Nunes up top. This sounds strange against the team of Giants. Maybe even a temptation for me personally to put Harvey Elliott on the right side of midfield. You know, like against City where... Yeah, that's his best, Gomez. Yeah, that's his best um, position for me. I know that <clears> sounds <throat> so strange, but then again, if you've got like it's it's Hendo and Badge, Hendo, you know, Hendo's got high, or if it's Fab and Badge, you know, that way. <laughs> Say hi, but Gakpo and Nunes are Giants, but they don't bloody win a thing in the air, do they, mm. to be honest? Like high is different to, to aerial threat, but... Sadio Mane, five foot nine. Yeah, exactly. Monster. <laughs> Absolute monster. It's attitude, isn't it? More than anything. Yeah. So that that would be my honest thing. I would go four four two and do it that way. Do I think he will? Not a chance in hell. But yeah, would go ask you, would you switch? Would you go a four four two, four two three, what something like that? Or would you keep I, it four three three? I'd go four four two as well. Um yeah, Elliot on the right mid. Um, Basetic. Nabi can play on the left, can't he? Because yeah. I, don't, I don't think Gakpo can really... I, I've never associated him with being a left midfielder if we're doing feetisms yeah. rather than a left winger. Um, so Nabi on the left and then I'd Basetic and Fabinho just to be uber defensive in me. But you obviously said you could play Henderson there. I think it would just make us more compact, even if it was like Milner or Artur or whatever. It, that formation yeah. is just more suited to this compact nature we're trying to and, and failing to do, obviously, with our results. Um, but yeah, I'd go 4 4 2. It gets the best out of Elliot. It gets the best out of Mo Salah, more importantly, which you, it yeah. was the first thing you mentioned that if it wasn't for the other issues, we'd be talking about him. But I think it's almost been forgivable with Mo because. We've screwed about with his position quite a lot. He's played on as the assistant refer, uh, assistant referee at times. Yeah. When we've played him more narrow, he actually plays quite well. Um, and to be fair, him trying to combine with Darwin Nunes, it's just a roll of a dice what the hell Darwin Nunes does at times. Gakpo's made zero impact, hasn't he? So it, once Jota's back and Bobby, maybe, we could probably play Bobby, Jota on the left and more on the right. If Mo's still bad, then that I think that's when the discussion may become a bit stronger. But at the yeah. minute, you can't really combine with the new lads because they have no 
idea. Like, obviously, Darwin's been exciting at times, but it must be a nightmare trying to predict what he's going to do with someone trying to combine True. him. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, I think that'd be the best way to get the best out of our players and protect our team, which has been what we feel that most this season in terms of protection. So I'd agree, 4-4-2. That's what we were doing before the World Cup when we weren't yeah. spectacular, but we looked competent. And that's all it's, you need. Competence the base. That's where we should start from. Yeah, exactly that. That's got to be the uh, the minimum thought that way. So, yeah, 4-4-2. We both love it. Do we think we'd see it? No. And then... The hopeful thing I've got, and again, it's hopeful rather than uh, that one, is, fingers crossed, we do get to see 20 minutes or so of Diogo, but we'll have to wait till Monday night to find that out. And the very final thing, which no one seems to be getting right for obvious reasons in recent you know, games, but Guy, I've got to challenge you to beat the host. So it's the Derby. It is a massive game. Monday night, the score... And your first Liverpool goal scorer, if any. I was thinking nil nil, but oh, I'm going to because I don't want to be bored. I'm going to go one all because I think it'd be mad predicting us winning a game at the minute. I will go one one to. I was going to say to us, uh, but the goal I will go with. Uh, let's go, Naby Keir. He can't miss all wow. the shots. All these shots, one of them's got to go on target at some point. <laughs> uh, so let's go Naby Keita. It is weird, that. It's probably the, the one player out of the entire team that's found himself in great positions in the penalty area more than anyone recently. And, yeah, the boy needs shooting practice or something because it's been bad. Okay, 1-1, Naby Keita, not what I expected. Mm. I'm going to be... I'm not going to say bold because that's wrong to say with Liverpool at the moment. I'm going to go 1-0. Christ, I can't believe I'm saying we're going to keep a clean sheet, but let's go for it. 1-0 and the Egyptian king to be back on the score sheet. Not only that guy, I'm going to say that somehow in the derby of all games, with everything that's going on recently, we get a penalty as well. Oh, so 1-0, a Salah penalty, that's what I'm going for. So to be honest, you can probably hear, ladies and gents, as we were saying it, Neither of us believed it. Maybe hope rather than expectation. 4-0 Everton. <laughs> yeah, God. Try not to, yes, four set pieces, let's see, in all honesty. But fingers crossed, listen, it's Monday night, so don't let anything Liverpool ruin your weekend. Try not to have too many set piece nightmares. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever time it is that you listen to this, that is another post-conference presser. And we are out. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.